the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pittsburgh City Schools may have jumped the shark. Now, I don't know what the math scores for Pittsburgh Public Schools look like right now, but I'm going to guess, based on other cities around the country, that they're not good uh, and probably embarrassing. But at least from now on, the math won't be racist. The school district has approved a measure to instruct teachers on white supremacy in math classes. The school board voted to pay $50,000 to hire a consulting company that teaches teachers how to, quote, replace white supremacy culture practices in math instruction with methods that center on the wellness of students of color, unquote. Seems like a really good ad, a good ad for school choice. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk to Michelle Exner of Parents Defending Education. And then in our second half hour, speaking of education, we'll talk to G. Van Fleet, who gave this one-minute speech at the Loudoun County, Virginia, school board meeting a couple of years ago, and it turned into a book. I've been very alarmed about what's going on in our school. You are now teaching, training our children to be social justice warriors and to loathe our country and our history. Uh, growing up in Mouth, China, all this seemed very familiar. The uh, communist regime used the same critical theory to divide people. The only difference is they use class instead of race. This is indeed the American version of the Chinese communist, the Chinese Cultural Revolution. The critical race theory has its roots in cultural Marxism. It should have no place in our schools. Yeah, she grew up in communist China during the revolution. And as you heard, she sees a lot of similarities in what's going on in America. It's pretty scary. The book is Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. Stick around. Well, we see advertisements for school choice every day, and the advertisements are not the usual paid-for commercials. They're free. Schools all around the country uh, put them out all the time. Well, now Pittsburgh City Schools are doing a great job of promoting free choice. The school board is going to spend $50,000 to make sure that all the racism is removed from, are you ready, math lessons. That's right. Michelle Exner of Parents Defending Education joins us now. Michelle, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So is, uh, <laughs> I mean, I know there's a lot of stupid stuff going on, and this isn't the first I've heard of this re- this insanity, but is this a thing uh, around the country now? They're, they've a t- they're going after math? Math, right? Who, who would have known? You've got numbers, yeah. you've got equations, pretty yeah. straightforward stuff, and all of a sudden the numbers are racist, right? Yeah, yeah. I- I have two kiddos. I help them out with math homework, right? I see the worksheets they bring home. Pretty, you know, it's it's, it's numbers multiplying, dividing, subtracting, yeah. division. I, I so when I when I when we saw this, when PD saw it, when Parents Defending Education saw it, when I read through it, I, I just I can't understand the logic, right? And I'd love to hear from one of these officials uh, that that agreed to squander, right? Because that's what they did: fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars taxpayer money. Uh, to teach children this nonsense, right? 
Uh, I, I want one of them to answer the question, how is math racist, right? And I want a coherent answer uh, because, because it, it's illogical. Have you heard one from anybody anywhere? No. I, I, maybe I should do a better job digging around, but I have <laughs> not seen nothing in the article. There was no one quoted. In fact, I think the school failed to respond, if I, if I read it correctly. Um, and, and of course not, right? There, there is no logical answer to explain that math is racist. It is not racist. And, and instead, you know what? I know this is a crazy idea. They should just focus on, on teaching the math. Right. Oh, what a concept. Yeah. Well, I uh, I can tell you that I've tried to contact the city schools about other things and they don't they don't return phone calls. So um, and they're if there anybody out there is listening. They're welcome to call and check and, you know, contact me and maybe explain it to me. But uh, it's uh, it's insane. I, I said at the beginning of the show that the um, uh, the Pittsburgh schools may have uh, jumped the shark with this one. Can it get any more ridiculous than this? Where do you go if you if you've if you've if you've taken over math or tried to? What's next? What could is that? Is it jumping the shark? Is this the end? Is this the worst it can get, or should we be expecting something even worse? I don't want to challenge them with that proposal of making things worse because they will find a way. The the consultant class, the activists that are that some are embedded in in our education system. They will absolutely try to find a way to make things worse. And I think what makes this even more egregious is that this is coming really on the tail end of, of massive public policy failures of keeping schools shut down, mm-hmm. right? So right. you shut schools down, and instead of saying, you know what, we, we, we all need to focus on, on ensuring that children are recovering from this education loss, and, and instead of actually getting to the root of the problem, they're finding and wasting money on all this extraneous nonsense that is nothing but political propaganda, right? This is not about teaching children. It's about handing over tens of thousands hard-earned money of taxpayer money in that city, handing it over to the consultant class to to essentially push push their nonsense on America's kids. Um, And and parents, the parents listening, they should be outraged that this is happening. They should call the school. They should demand... Um, that that it's not be used in their classrooms. Well, it says um, that the $50,000 uh, will hire a consulting company, and the t- this is the quote, the teachers teaches teachers how to, quote, replace white supremacy culture practices in math instruction with methods that center on the wellness of students of color. Now, I don't know what that means, but um, and it makes no sense. But But the point is, you know, not every teacher started teaching last week. There are teachers who have been doing this for years and years, teaching math. What is a teacher supposed to do? Uh, are they able to push back on this? If I'm, a, if I'm a math teacher and I'm teaching eighth grade math and somebody comes up to me with this and I say, what? what how do they push back? What's, what's their recourse? They absolutely should. They, they should speak out about this. Um, and, and there's a lot of amazing teachers out there that work so hard uh, to, to help students, right? Spend hours in the classroom to, to help students. And, and the fact that this is being pushed on them as well, um, yeah. I, I think they, they, they deserve to have their voice heard. I can't imagine, like you said, the ones that have been teaching for a decade plus. Because I'm sure I, I remember my math class from, you know, and I don't want to age myself, but, you know, the <laughs> 90s going through grade school. And how come math wasn't racist then, right? Right. 
Well, the point is, I think the the point is that it always has been racist, and that's just one more ingredient that has um, contributed to the United States being a systemic racist country that we've been teaching racism even when we talk about two plus two equals four. There's some racism in there somewhere. That's the only way it makes any sense. And and it's really a disservice to students. That's what this is. Um, it, it's not helping them. And, and let's look at the data, right? And I wanted to make sure to bring these up, but a recent yeah. study um, from September that, that said, you know, and this is a quote directly from this report that says Sub- substantial numbers of Pittsburgh students are failing to achieve at levels that will prepare them for success in higher education and the job market. Um, another, another data point, over half of the students in the Pittsburgh public schools do not achieve proficiency in reading and math. And this is, uh, one of the worst points here is that one fourth, so quarter of the ninth graders in the city fail to even graduate from high school. And, and the results are significantly worse for economically disadvantaged students. So I want the school officials in Pittsburgh that made the decision. Tell me how what you're doing is going to help these students. Yeah. And the thing is, the one fourth that don't graduate that's despite the fact that probably half of the kids who don't gra- who do graduate shouldn't graduate. They should still be in the ninth grade because they could be should, they should be kept back for not being proficient in math and reading. I said that's a whole other issue, absolutely, yeah. and, and we're seeing it. You know, not just here but across the country. It's what it's what we branded as grading for equity, right? Yeah, and, and that's essentially a code word for um, really inflating grades. Right. Yeah. Uh, when a child can can, you know, fail to do their their assignments, fail the test, perhaps not even show up to, to school on the days that are required. And and they are still able to pass. Yeah. But they're not meeting the levels of that grade. And it's it's a disadvantage again to that student and frankly, to the future of America. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a code word for something worse, actually. It's a code word for dumbing down. And they, mm-hmm. they, they, they won't admit that. Listen, uh, the, the children of color are not doing well enough. So instead of figuring out what we're doing wrong or trying to figure out a better way to teach them, we're going to dumb it down for these, uh, these uh, black kids who, yeah, they're just never going to be able to make it. So we'll just, we'll just dumb it down and then we'll, we'll slide them through and we'll graduate them and our numbers will look a little bit better. And it's, it, as you said, it's such a disservice to these kids, and it's the soft bigotry of uh, low expectations, uh, the epitome of it. But they won't, they'll never use, the, they'll never admit that they're dumbing it down, but that's exactly what they're doing. Oh, and, it, and it's offensive. Black families in this community should be, again, it's, it's insulted that, mm-hmm. that this is the, the reaction that they're getting from these schools because every student has the potential to, uh, to succeed and to learn um, what they need to learn in classrooms. Every single student has that potential. Um, and, and it's being that, you know, and that opportunity is being really ripped away when, when schools are wasting not only tens of thousands of dollars in resources that can go into programs like tutoring, right? Like extracurricular activities that will help students recover uh, education loss, get them on a great track. Um, and instead, they're using it for this that will have absolutely no benefit. We know this, right? We know it will have absolutely no benefit to helping these students. We're talking to Michelle Exner of Parents Defending Education. Uh, tell me about Parents Defending Education, Michelle. 
Absolutely. So we're a nonprofit grassroots organization. We are here to help parents. So, um, you know, we started in the spring of 21 as a reaction to all the school closures. We wanted to be a voice for parents. We're a resource. So please, uh, if you're out there, want to learn more about the organization, encourage you to go to defendinged.org um, and, and reach out to us. If you see anything in your school that, that needs to be exposed, we are there for you uh, to help you every step along the way. Uh, let me ask you, if you, I wonder if, are you able to contact individual teachers or are you blocked from doing that? Is there something that prevents you from actually contacting uh, individual teachers or groups of teachers at a school? I'm just thinking, uh, why uh, would, why, and maybe it's happened and I'm not aware of it, but this is still kind of a new story. It seems to me that there should be a group of math teachers holding a press conference today and saying, this is ridiculous. You know, I've been teaching math for X number of years. This mm-hmm. is stupid. I don't see that. Where are the teachers pushing back publicly, and why does it require an organization like yours to be on the radio with me? Why isn't a teacher calling me and saying, hey, put me on the radio so I can talk about how stupid this is? You know, maybe the show and and your pitch to them will encourage them to do exactly that. Um, I I don't think it's out of the realm of, of possibility. Like I said, a lot of great teachers out there that have the best interests of students at heart. And, and, you know, it would be great to, no, but to what see I'm, that. What I'm saying, Michelle, is that this, this isn't the first place where I've seen this. And, I, you know, I've seen the stories about uh, the Baltimore schools where they couldn't find one kid who was proficient in math. And there was, okay. you know, there was talk about it in the media, talk radio and the conservative media. And, and I'm sure that you, you guys at uh, Parents Defending Education talked about it. But I don't see teachers coming out and, and publicly joining together uh, and, and, and trying to fix it anywhere. And I, this is what I, I know it's not your fault, but I'm, I'm just wondering why you need parents defending education. Why aren't the teachers defending education? Yeah, I would say the teachers unions is probably not, not helping in those efforts. Um, I think they're, they're completely fine with politicizing the classroom. We've seen that over the past several years. I think that you know, the, the, those organizations have been exposed, um, either the National Education Association, Randy Weingarten, or the National School Board Association that, that likened parents to domestic terrorists and mm-hmm. tried to get the parents speaking at school boards um, to be investigated by the Department of Justice, simply for going to a school board and speaking their minds about uh, the education involving their child. And so I think those efforts are probably not helping in having, you know, individual teachers speak out. Um, but, you know, at, in, at PDE, we'll continue um, to expose all of this and, and to empower parents uh, for them to know that, that we're, we're on their side and we're going to continue and stay engaged on this fight. If, uh, if the parents of a kid in the Pittsburgh Public Schools uh, are listening right now and being made aware of this insanity... Um, what could they do about it other than show up at a school board meeting? Because they don't have school board meetings every day. Absolutely. So uh, we have, again, I want to point them to, direct them to our website. We have uh, a 101 of how to engage school districts. It could be anything from uh, from writing writing a local uh, op-ed, um, talking to the media, engaging the school board. Um, finding finding like-minded parents, right? The sh- stronger numbers, right? So when you find like like-minded parents, 
in your community, in your neighborhood, that also want to push um, for, for these changes. I think parents should know that they're, they're never alone, right? They're, they're always going to be um, other folks in the neighborhood that feel exactly the same way, that perhaps are reluctant to speak out because of fear that they might be the only ones or they want to be ostracized, they don't want to be embarrassed. But no, this is not, this is about your children and chances are there's a lot more um, silent majority that is out there as well. So encourage them to seek, seek those parents out and really form a coalition um, and, and reach, reach out to, that, to us. We have an advocacy team that is dedicated to uh, being that point of contact for parents. How much tougher does it get for you and organizations like yours when race is one of the ingredients? You know, for, for us, I mean, the, the, at the end of the day, teaching children and making sure that they have the education that they deserve it has, has nothing to do with no, someone's it, skin it color. Shouldn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. It has yeah. absolutely nothing to do with someone's skin color. And and the minute that they try to put, I, I really, again, I think it's an insult to, to the students, to the minority students, because they're absolutely just as able to, to gain success in the classroom. And so when, when the activists are trying to say otherwise, I think that's, that's unfair to them because it's, it's totally unsubstantiated and, and it's, it's not setting them up for success when they have potential. Um, so we just need to make sure that these classrooms are set up to give them those opportunities. And by that, we mean by not wasting time and resources on things that are not going to help them. Um, we're finishing up here with Michelle Exner of Parents Defending Education. I said at the beginning when I introduced you that uh, there are always advertisements for free for school choice every day. This is a good one. Um, what is what is your organization doing trying to promote that? And um, do you see any progress being made there? I think I think the year of 2020 was the year that of parents enlightenment of, of school, the school choice boom, right, of parents either deciding to pull their kids from from public school, opting for private options or, or homeschooling options, even in Washington, D.C., uh, that's uh, had a huge huge increase in, in families that decided to, to homeschool. Um, and so, of course, we're always going to support um, state-by-state initiatives that choose to give parents more choice so children do not are not tethered to a school simply because they have a, that certain zip code. Mm-hmm. Um, but from our perspective, the, the immediate fight is to make sure that we, we improve the public schools for, because for the majority of families, that might be their only option, and so we 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 can't we can't neglect um, holding the line, exposing this, working towards solutions, so they have the, a school that they that they deserve. It's uh, parents defending education, uh, defendinged.org is the website. Check it out, Michelle Exner. Thanks for coming on. Hope to have you on again. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, that's Michelle Exner. Again, it's defendinged.org. I'll be right back. Well, we just had a discussion about the Pittsburgh City Schools paying consultants to teach their teachers how to dismantle racism in math classes, which, of course, is insane. But it's real, and it's coming from government, and there's a lot of insanity coming from our government that we're expected to accept these days. Jivan Fleet has seen it before. She grew up in communist China, and she's written a book about it, and she joins us now. Ji, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. 
So the title of the book is Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. Uh, why did Newt Gingrich encourage you to write this book? I don't know why, but I had an interview with him. Um, I think it's in 2022 or 2021. And we talk about the Cultural Revolution and, uh, and, uh, and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he said, you should write a book. I said, write a book? Okay. It never even entered my mind. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, but later, while I was uh, talking to so many people over the country, and people asked me, do you have a book? Or are you going to write a book? And then I said, really, I should really consider it seriously. So then I, yeah, and I took this uh, um, this challenge. Yeah, and so now here you are. Yes. How long did you live in communist China, and how and why did you get away? Yeah, so I was born into the slavery of communism in China, mm-hmm. and I... Um, I spent my first 26 years there, mm-hmm. and the, not that just not it. My entire school years, 10 years from 1966 to 1976, was the Cultural Revolution. Mm-hmm. So I lived through it from the beginning to the end. And uh, after I graduated from high school, there's nothing for for us for the young people. So I was sent to the countryside to work in the fields with the peasants. For three years, and uh, before I could uh, go to college, by then Mao was dead, and Deng Xiaoping opened it up, the, uh, the China really to the West. And the first thing he did is opened university. University was closed, and when it opened later during the Cultural Revolution, it's only for people who are politically qualified. Sounds familiar? Just like. Uh, Affirmative action of mm. uh, yeah, yeah. here in America. Mm-hmm. So when you say they sent you to the fields, you were sent to the fields. Who sent you? The party and the government. They control everything. They order you to do this and that. And that is uh, something that people have no concept mm-hmm. of living under communism. You seldom have any choices. You are told what to do. So we were all sent to the countryside, exactly. Even after I graduated from college, that was in 1982, I was giving a job. And uh, there's no no such thing as you go find a job. Everything was controlled by the party, by the government. And uh, I I think people really need to know what it it means to be controlled by the government. And that the CCP controlled every part of our lives even about how many children you can have. If you have extra pregnancy, you were dragged to the hospital and had forced abortion. That's communism. Wow. And, and, and so what were the, ex- the things that you experienced here uh, that made you think, hey, I've seen this before? Yes. And it's pretty much by now I say we are experiencing communist, communist takeover. Everything, I would say, start with uh, indoctrination. I lived uh, through the, uh, the indoctrination the gov- uh, of the Cultural Revolution, the government school. You, saw, you, you said, mentioned earlier that here we call math racist. Over there, we do not even need to read uh, to learn math. All we need to learn is Mao Zedong thought, because that is the truth. And that is uh, the thing that will help us to overcome anything in life. 
So during my 10 years of schooling, I hardly learned anything. And uh, so that is happening here. But we learned the uh, Marxist ideology. And if I go on, there's just everything. Cancel culture, identity, politics, and weaponization of young people. In, uh, in the Cultural Revolution, Mao mobilized more than 10 million young people from elementary school to college to carry out his revolution. And there was a red guard. And look today in America, all the young people that, who have been through the, um, the government schools and the universities, just like the red guards in China. And uh, today they are, uh, they are protest of, uh, and support Hamas. And that is the result of the indoctrination. But did you did you know at the time that you were being indoctrinated? No, 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 no. Because there's nothing else for me to know about. I only right. was told one thing, one truth, one correct way of thinking, one correct way of doing anything, because the information was tightly controlled. So I had no idea. But I just have really hard time to to understand today that so many people that they just refused to click to adjust another side, to see what other side was uh, uh, is thinking and talking about now. They refused to do that. They refused to understand the other side. They just, so in a way, the indoctrination in America, I think is more powerful than what uh, happened to me in China. Because I have no access of any other information here, the information is there, and they indoctrinated the young people to not want to know other uh, information. We're talking to Xi Van Fleet. She's written a book, uh, and it's, uh, it's called um, Miles America, A Survivor's Warning. So the school board meetings in Loudoun County, Virginia, became famous, and you became famous from uh, this one-minute speech that you gave at a meeting. Let's, let's listen to that. I've been very alarmed about what's going on in our school. You are now teaching, training our children to be social justice warriors and to loathe our country and our history. Uh, growing up in Mouth, China, all this seemed very familiar. The uh, communist regime used the same critical theory to divide people. The only difference is they use class instead of race. This is indeed the American version of the Chinese communist the Chinese Cultural Revolution. The critical race theory has its roots in cultural Marxism. It should have no place in our schools. There you go. Uh, what was the reaction to that, Xi? Well, of, of course, um, there's a lot of pros. But later on, I, I think I realized that um, for the people, the hundreds of parents there, for many of them, that was probably the first time they heard about the Chinese Cultural Revolution. And since then, I realized this is purposely hidden from American children and for American public. They know everything about slavery. They know everything about Nazi Germany. They know very, very little about the history of communism and the horrors of communism. That is why when CRT showed up, when um, um, radical trans, uh, transgender ideology showed up, in schools or in, in, in our society, they have no idea what, what that was. That all this is Marxist ideology. 
it's just a different, it's just a variation of the same thing. Well, it's been only uh, fairly recently that, that here in America, friends and family members have uh, found that their politics have made them incompatible. Uh, does that mean that the plan is working? Uh, absolutely, working perfectly. What I experience, and many, many of my friends and uh, you know other people uh, experience, that we treat each other as enemies. And it happened in the community level, in the uh, in workplace, and in families. In China, that's exact. During the Cultural Revolution, that's exactly what happened. Parents sold out children, and children reported parents. And there's uh, just absolutely the deepest division among the population. And uh, that's how they control the population, made them enemy of each other, and then keep them busy fighting each other, and you have a much easier way to control them. And how about media? There, there, I'm guessing there, oh. the media, there were no media in China there's to speak no of. But here no, we have media. No media. Exactly. Well, the media in China was uh, the party, uh, yeah. is party controlled. Mm -hmm. So, and here too, it is party controlled, controlled by the Democratic Party. So, everything. And also, Every institution in America has been infiltrated and uh, mostly run by Marxists from, you know, th those are the ones uh, educated, indoctrinated in uh, our universities. They are now in control of uh, our uh, institutions. So you see it everywhere. You see it in the workplace and uh, um, where I work, now they have DEI and committee, and they have DEI council, and it, it happened almost in every workplace. DEI is absolutely, to me, the equivalent of the CCP party branch that implanted in every workplace in China. That's amazing. And, and this must be very uh, alarming to you to see this happening in a place where you never expected to see it after you escaped from China. That's what I, I, I'm telling everybody. When I left China, I thought I left communism behind me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, and uh, the, I escaped the nightmare. And this is not just uh, um, alarming. This is frightening to people like me who experience communism and see it happening here. And, uh, and here's the words that used to be on everybody's lips, like, oppressors and oppressed, all these things now become part of the accepted vocabulary of American people and then American culture. It is absolutely frightening. Well, we're talking to Xi Van Fleet. Uh, the book is Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. Sounds to me like a book that should be required reading for every parent who has a kid in school. I hope more people will read it. I hope this book is an easy read, and it's uh, um, I think high school kids should read it, and I hope everybody should read it, left or right, because it's not I'm not uh, I'm, I'm not here uh, to say you know left or right. I'm I'm here to telling people to tell people the history that I experienced, and tell people this the history that I experienced is repeating right here in America. Um. And you mentioned you found that Americans are unaware of uh, cultural Marxism and don't see the 
the similarities, but how many in our government do you think are perfectly aware of the similarities and are trying to imitate it? I think those are in control. They know. They know what they're doing. And, uh, um, and especially in the uh, educational system, they know exactly what they're doing. That's why they don't teach the real history. And uh, they, they don't teach the real history of America. And they don't teach the history of communism. That's how they indoctrinate the, uh, the young people. They make them, they, uh, uh, they teach them to hate America, and then they teach them that communism is about a sharing. And it's, it, 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 it's just amazing now to see so many young people proudly call themselves communists. Yeah. And, and um, socialism has now become accepted. We have we have people who have been elected right here in Pittsburgh who are part of the uh, Democrat Socialist Party. Um, they're not afraid to call themselves socialists. Are socialists just communists waiting to happen? They, uh, uh, that's what I uh, was taught in China. Socialism is the uh, initial stage of communism. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. People ask me what's the difference between socialism, communism, Marxism. Same thing. It's just synonyms. If in your and uh, the book is uh, Miles America: A Survivor's Warning. Finishing up here with G. Van Fleet. Uh, in your introduction, you write, uh, G. This book intends to alarm you uh, and pull you off the couch, or push you into action and, and inspire you to join the fight for the survival of America. What? will alarm people the most when they read your book? I think when they really realized the woke, the craziness that they, uh, they experience um, is nothing new. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is history repeating. And then when they realize this is really a Marxist revolution and a war that reached on us and the goal is to destroy America. I think people should really get alarmed, and hopefully they will get involved and take action. Well, I hope they read your book because uh, there's some scary stuff in there, and it should uh, scare people into action and reaction and uh, give, give people a clue about what's happening to the country. Uh, it's, a, it's a great book. And I'm glad you wrote it, and I'm glad you were on the radio with me. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. That's G. Van Fleet. And the book, again, is Miles America, A Survivor's Warning. We'll be right back. Well, I, I, this has uh, been a pretty good show today for people who have kids in school, I think, uh, for a couple of reasons. Well, because of the two guests we had on, one uh, from... Uh, parents defending education, Michelle Exner, and and uh, and then Shi Van Fleet, uh, who we just heard talking about uh, growing up in China, um, and and the thing that that really bugs me, and I I spoke uh, to uh, Michelle Exner about it in the first segment. It's great to have these organizations. It's it's uh, like uh, parents uh, defending education, and, and people like Michelle out there talking about it. Um, and it's great that someone like G. Van Fleet wrote the book that she wrote. But is it possible that that teachers 
uh, not only just in college, that they're they're really out of control in college. What's going on there? But everybody knows that. But grade school and high school teachers are they really all that liberal? Uh, are, are they are they afraid of the teachers unions? I, I don't get it. I, I, it just kind of struck me today when I was talking, doing the show and doing those two segments, that um, it's it. I'm, I, there are a lot of teachers out there who are a lot smarter than I am, and the teachers who taught me in school would be the first to tell you that. But I, I would guess that there are a lot of pretty smart people working as teachers. Don't they see the stupidity of this and and the harm of it? Are they that terrified of their teachers' unions, or there are they are that terrified of being ostracized by the other? members of their union and the people they teach with every day, that you're not allowed to disagree with any of this insanity? Seriously. Why isn't, like this story, I saw this story, believe it or not, uh, this morning, the story about the stupidity in the public schools with the racist math uh, issue. I saw that on Fox News' website, foxnews.com. It's out there. So, how is it that that um, these people aren't aware of this going on, and and so now that it's out there, you know, we talked about it on the radio. Of course, another question, by the way, is will local news do anything with this? See, if I'm working at a, uh, one of the three local TV news stations, uh, working in the news department, I'd see this and I'd say, hey, this seems kind of dumb. Or if it's not dumb, this seems like a pretty good topic to investigate because we could get both sides of the story and. Maybe people would like to hear about this. This this thing about math being racist, I think a lot of people might be surprised to even see those two words in the same sentence. Maybe there's a maybe it's all legitimate. Why don't we just, I don't know, do a story and find out about it? But, but again, I, what I don't understand is where are the teachers seeing this story on foxnews.com or somewhere else? I saw it in the New York Post, by the way. Somebody wrote a column about it. So it's out there. Why isn't something like that, a story like that, why is that not followed immediately by a group of teachers, may, I don't know, conservative teachers of, uh, of Pittsburgh, something? I don't, isn't there a group of teachers who could get together who aren't liberal, who, who, who have the guts to stand up to this? I, I don't get it. Maybe it's happening and I don't see it, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm asking. You let me know. I don't know. It's... It's just something that seems so gutless to me because I know there are teachers out there who are smart enough to know that this is absolutely, totally, completely insane and really harmful. So how about doing something about it? I'll talk to you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.